So I'm back now for throwback King of the Ring review. I did King of the Ring 1986 last week on the 25th anniversary of Austin 316 being born. And also, not long after that, we watched King of the Ring 1997, so I thought it's a good show and it's well worth talking about. So eh, why not do a throwback review? I've been done with these for a while. So it kicks off with uh, Ahmed Johnson versus uh, Triple H or Hunter Hearst, as he was still known as at this time, but not for much longer. Uh, in the first semi final, solid match, good opener. Triple I'll just call him Triple H, it's easier. Triple H wins because uh, uh, Johnson gets distracted by China, does the very way, Triple H wins, good for him. So, I know, I'm a Johnson, you can kind of see the stock had fallen a little bit, you see one minute continental title in 1986, but the stock had fallen a little bit. It was still quite high up on the card here at this point in time, but it wasn't quite. Wasn't quite the same way. You could sort of see other people had surpassed him throughout that time and were on the stratosphere where Johnson was on the way down a little bit. Still high up in the card, as you'll see later on, but not quite, not quite the same as before. And then she got Matt and Ken versus Jerry and Ken Lawler in the second semi final. And this was masterful. This was just after Man. This was Man King was turning face here at this point in time. They'd done the interview with him and JR in 84. This was actually a masterful way of getting this character face. And this was, I've got to give full credit to Ben Crucial for this. The way of how you get somebody, the audience, to know who people really are. And he talks about this a lot, especially when he was a sports, uh, sports theater review with uh, Dr. Chris Featherstone. He mentions this quite a lot, and this is a perk how you need to know that the real person has and then dial it up to, to get the character over. This was a masterful version of this. Because you, you were doing these sort of shooting and you find out what McFoley was like. And, and you know, jumping off the roof of his house and all that as well. And this helped get him over the face. Well, this character was the most dastardly girl of 1996 days, the Undertaker. And now you've managed to swing the audience's sympathy into his favour. And yeah, this was brilliantly done. Of course, once again, we've got Jerry Lawler here doing another fantastic promo right before the match. As well, he would not get away with this shit nowadays. Or a lot of night viewers would try and do that. They'd honestly just try and keep getting cancelled or things like that. Great stuff. And the match itself is really, really damn good. This is so much better than I ever remember it being. This is a quite entertaining match. Of course, Mankind wins, as he should. To, to further on to the final. Real dandy, Up next, Goldust versus Crush. This was good too. Crush was part of the Nation of Domination of this thing. It's kind of a throwaway match, I'd sort of forgotten about it. This was actually pretty enjoyable. Goldust was a face now this time. Now his face run really didn't work out as well. The momentum had kind of been gone. This guy had a lot of momentum from 1996. But, yeah. I can see why they've turned on face because the character was over. So you sort of think, oh yeah, let's try it. But didn't quite click, but it's still a good performer. This is actually a pretty good match. So this is sort of the filler match as well in many ways, and yet it's still good. That tells you a lot about this era. On the six man Tanakar Foundation versus Psycho Segalids and a Doom. Excellent, really enjoyable, great fast paced tag match here. For a while, the one thing is the finish, you can see. Owen Hart does the sunset flip on the psycho said or from the top rope. And it kinda of, it kinda of misses it. You can see it misses, but then he just rolls them up in and it's kind of a bodge finish, but whatever. The match was enjoyable. These things happen. 
we don't need bots or anything or anything actually getting involved with us, but now the match itself is really enjoyable. And the right team goes over here well because the Heart Foundation were the big heels at this time and had so much momentum, especially because we were hemp can Canadian stampede after this is we got it. Good match, thoroughly enjoyed it. Good fast pace, enjoyed it a lot. Come now next to the Canadian final. To me I, I would obviously say this is the best King of the Ring final ever, Mankind versus Double Edge. But it easy. The match itself is really good, but really rough and tumble, really hard hitting. Just has a great pace to it as well. I thoroughly enjoyed this match and got triple you know, the moment when Triple petted these mankind through the table. That never been done before, so this was actually this wasn't they actually used a big spot in a big match and it led to the finish because they then rolled them in. I think Mankind, if I remember correctly, Mankind kicks it at this, but then he's triple he paid these in again and then that's it. So it actually did lead to the finish. This, this isn't just big spots and everyone no selling it, it shouldn't be getting any of these. This actually worked and they saved it for a big match when it actually mattered. Of course now we got to the point where triple and it, of course it got extra sympathy on Mankind. This is kind of a, in a fun sort of way. Similar in the sense that the guy with the story getting all the sympathy from the Jake and Saint Roberts ends up losing the final, whereas this was a much better final than what was before. Now, of course, this didn't have the iconic interview after it, of course, but this was also the launching pad for Triple H. This is what the King of the Ring really should be. You had to give that up and coming star that big major, that first big major thing. Of course, Triple H had the Intercontinental title before, but now this was. This was a guy who was now ready to start moving on and start becoming a much bigger name as well. This was a guy who was really starting to get it more than anything. Whereas before, and it was like, he, still, he was still kind of the blue dead character, but not, but not quite the same as what he was the year before. It was, he was a lot less, a lot more aggressive, and a lot less smooth. He was kind of just a work rate thing, which, to be fair, he's now became a work rate darling as well, a work rate darling lover. But you can actually start to see the Triple H side rather than the Hunter Hunter Thunder side coming out here. And what, of course, he'd become Triple H a couple of months later once the form DX. And of course, the, the, the addition of Chunna was an actual real X factor as well. He had another thing to send him over the top as well to just push him into that next direction. So, yeah, this was a fantastic final. Of course, he was meant to win 1996 until he'd done the curtain call, as I mentioned in the previous review, but thankfully he didn't because it kind of all turned out. So, there you go, he got his moment a year later. So, and this was a great feud between Mankind and Hunter Ramsey, which would go all the way to SummerSlam, a tremendous cage match, group and that's really fantastic stuff. So, all in all, tremendous. Yeah, tremendous final, absolutely loved it. Then we've got uh, Bret Hart coming out. This was peak. 1997 heel Bret Hart, phenomenal stuff. This again is the thing about how to gets some get pretty weird personality and things, and then look what happens because we all know what must be wrong. Bret Hart's a winning bitch. I like the guy, I respect him, and actually agree with what, what it says, but he's kind of a winning bitch, so they made them turn that up to a thousand times heel character, and it was phenomenal. Best work of his career. And of course, comes out with another great promo, and they put out the challenge for the Hart Foundation to get five American wrestlers to come and face them at the Canadian Stampede. So I've mentioned before in the floor that we use that at Team USA versus Canada stuff over 1997 was phenomenal. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, and of course, uh, uh, the Canadian Stampede to me is that 10-man tag that we come from us is the greatest tag match ever.
absolutely phenomenal. I did do a recording of that way back a year ago, nearly a year ago when I mentioned to talk about that in more detail, so there you go. Great stuff here, great promo. Up next, Sean Michael vs Stone Cold Steve Austin. They were the tag team champions at the time, but of course they were you didn't work about not on the same page, let's be real. And originally it was meant to be Stone Cold vs Brian Thurman and Sean Michael vs Bret Hart in a match that Sean had to beat Bret Hart in 10 minutes or something. If I remember right, but Bret wasn't cleared. So they just sw switched the card around and there's a brilliant promo beforehand where Brian Thurman's in there in the back bragging about it and then Stone Cold just attacks him from behind and he flushes, sticks his head in the toilet. It's not big, it's not clever, but it's sure as shit funny. I remember we were all laughing about that at school back in the day, so phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And then we come after this, of course Sean and Stone Cold have their match. It's a fantastic match, absolutely brilliant. This was almost the thing to see and almost a test just to see just how over another good Stone Cold could work with another main eventer and still be over. Much like the Bret Hart stuff from uh, earlier, past the flying cars, and he did it here. And the match, the fact that this match for a draw was fine. So you kept both guys strong. Of course, Sean thought if they said, hey, Stone Cold could have won Sean McCoy, he said not. You know what it was like back in 97. But this actually was a great match. This was phenomenal. And brilliant stuff here. Well, I will say one thing, while well, I'm slagging Sean Michaels off here, he does do a great thing in the young, uh, young handicapped guy uh, falls that fell over the barricade and he actually went out to make sure he was okay. So the uh, special needs kid, he actually went out to make sure he was okay. So even back then, he did something incredible. Nice. So for all the slate in the day, he did do something nice back then. So got to give him props for that. Uh, match is brilliant because they both beat up the referees <laughs> and it was great though and then they just leave together and they actually like leave together side by side almost for a bit of respect for each other. Brilliant stuff, love the match, fantastic. So sometimes a draw isn't always the worst thing in the world. Um, come to the main event, Undertaker versus Farouk for the WWE title. Well, this match is actually better than I remember it being. I remember thinking it was a bit of a light down after what happened before and to be fair. It's one of the lesser matches on the front, but it's still actually pretty good in its own way. It's a pretty solid match. Undertaker wins as expected. But yeah, the, the great thing is, was the story on here, he got back to Paul Bearer, and this was Paul Bearer holding the secret over the Undertaker. Of course, the secret about who he burnt the funeral home, and killed Kane, and things like that. It was fantastic. This was absolutely brilliant stuff here. Uh, the whole story on here was. And, uh, absolute genius storyline which that, that just showed how you properly do long term storytelling people were raving about all the team and randy orton great long term storytelling seriously that was dog shit that was dog shit but this was how you actually do story, long term storytelling properly with the proper payoff and we actually got clean at bad boy that was some incredible stuff here but uh, yeah storylines are amazing and of course you're basically telling Undertaker to keep beating up a keep choke slamming a prone Farouk. Basically making Undertaker do evil stuff. But then Ahmed Johnson came out saying, Oh, what are you doing? And he gives him the pearl with a plunge. So Ahmed Johnson was still getting primed for he was I believe meant to face Undertaker for the belt at Canadian Stampede, but he ended up getting injured. Because uh, because an Ahmed Johnson would go on and join the nation of domination as well. After this fight we could sort of see he was still gonna be in a good spot but 
You can tell the van ever gonna go the full weight of it with him at this point. It was kind of being used as a fuller feed for because it wouldn't have been a main event at any rate, it would be the 10 man tag with the more bigger focus there. There you have it. There you have it. Kind of a ring 1997. Real joy to go back and revisit it. Absolutely great show. Thoroughly entertaining. It's actually a bit, even though it doesn't have the iconic moment of Austin 316 from 96, thing that will live forever, it's actually a better show overall and well worth watching. 1997, in many ways, I think is in some ways the best year ever for the WWE. 1998 England as well. It's between those two, I think. It, the year, this was the year when we really, really started to push in a new direction and we'll always go down in history. Even if the business wasn't quite as high just yet, it was more 1998 when the business model and the ratings and things exploded. This was the year where they started to get it and can make everything all possible. And you've got to give credit to everyone involved, including, the, and like I said, the storylines, the storytelling. This has been through shows, fingerprints all over it. And it's done brilliantly. Fantastic stuff for overall. So, yeah, but it's my review of the 1997 King of the Ring. I to go back and revisit. I always enjoyed the King of the Ring pay-per-view, and now, now they've kind of made money in the bank, it's sort of replacement for the summer. It's just fine, I guess. King of the Ring is always, as I said, a really good thing to use to send somebody to the next level who wasn't quite a main event yet. That should really be what it's used for, but. After that, and now they just do it as a throwaway tournament on TV every now and again. The rumours have been bringing that back, but it's not the same as I'm really honest. I think they, I mean, now they've got Baron Gordon walking the people around for two years straight. And apparently now Nakamura's beating him and taking his crown. So I bet, see, this sounds beautiful as shit, but you've now got people saying, oh, it's might be such a good show. Yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh, thank God I don't watch it. Anyway, that's my King of the Ring 1997 King of the Ring review. Later in the month, of course at the time, I'll do some money, throw back Money in the Bank reviews as well. Do that probably the week before the show, or the week of the show. So, there we go. Thanks ever so much for taking the time.